the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is WWTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. As Election Day nears, Republicans gaining momentum. Robert Cahaley, chief pollster for the Trafalgar Group, says he's not surprised by the GOP surge. As this gap closes, people who are on the fence, and there's a lot of people, believe it or not, who just kind of want to be on the side of what's going to happen, that when psychology is taking over, and so undecided uh, and people that were th- third-party candidates that end up wanting to have a say-so are all t- breaking toward the Republicans in these races. GOP eyeing major gains in the midterms and appealing to supporters over the final days to sideline the Democrats. Meanwhile, President Biden campaigning Sunday in New York and former President Donald Trump will be stumping later today at a major rally in Miami. This is SRN News. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. President Biden tries again to shift the narrative as the election approaches and the red wave grows bigger. The majority of Americans believe our democracy is at risk, that our democracy is under threat. All this and more. Join us for our program. Sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Every Saturday evening at 7 and Sunday nights at 11, here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. War of the Northern Alliance Radio Network at the closer, Brad Carlson, straight ahead here on AM 1280, The Patriot. The fifth annual Christmas Mortgage Rent Miracle is underway. It's a chance for you to get a year's rent or mortgage paid for by us. Head over to the website, am1280thepatriot.com and Godspeed and best of luck. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us along on Facebook, just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Give our Facebook page a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And we do have the live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So you can also watch the broadcast as well. As I alluded to, uh, Wild Wilson, our, our loyal listener from Texas, is tuned in. And uh, Gary from War Road. Gary always says hello from War Road. Well, hello back, Gary. Thanks, as always, to you gentlemen for tuning in week in and week out. Uh, continuing with our candidate, Palooza, uh, now joined in studio by Pam Wolf. She, the Republican candidate in Minnesota State Senate District 39, the new Senate District 39, uh, has, and contains Spring Lake Park, Fridley, uh, Columbia Heights, St. Anthony, and uh, looks like part of New Brighton. Going to talk about Pam's candidacy, what she's hearing from voters. I imagine there's going to be a common theme here, but we want to hear it from her nonetheless. Uh, Pam Wolf, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Good to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So uh, I guess the uh, standard question we ask all of the candidates, we already know who you are, Pam Wolf, and why are you running? Well, I uh, had and not anticipated running. I uh, was in the Senate in 2010 and 11. Uh, until 2012. Did not think I would ever jump in the ring again. And um, 
had actually started a school in 2013 for homeless teens, wow. which I doing the rest of my career. And then when COVID hit, unfortunately, the shutdowns and everything that happened, we were uh, volunteer and donation-based, and so we did not survive. Mm. And so um, when this year came around in our new district, we did not have anybody step forward. And I was listening to uh, Jackie previously, who said it was either going to be her or her husband. <laughs> not so in my case. So it, <laughs> nobody else had stepped forward. And again, I was not going to let uh, the, the incumbent go unchallenged. And so the timing was right. And I thought that, you know, maybe my experience could be helpful in the campaign. We are a very DFL. Uh, district. Yes. And so I went into it with the goal of two things, getting over 40% and keeping them busy. Yeah, right. If I could keep them home and make them spend money and make them spend time, they couldn't be helping out other candidates. And so um, would be able to help candidates throughout the state of Minnesota by keeping our area busy. And uh, had did not have any hopes, but it's been real interesting at the doors, even even in our area. Yeah, and I guess that's the next question I have as you're going door-to-door. And again, uh, a state race like this, that's what it requires is a, you know, burning up that shoe leather, knocking on doors and uh, engaging the voters, voter contact and what have you. Uh, I probably know the answer, but I'll ask you anyways, Pam Wolf. Uh, what are the primary issues of concern that you're hearing from voters as you're at the doors? And uh, probably have heard that, but I would say I'm hearing number one, economy, number two, safety. Uh, crime rates, sure, and number three, education. Okay, so as uh, you know, obviously, as I, I mentioned, the cities within your district: Spring Lake Park, Fridley, Columbia Heights. I mean, uh, these are areas you, which you might typically call first ring suburban areas. They haven't been immune to public safety issues over the past decade. Uh, have you found that to be ramped up now, uh, particularly over the past couple of years, oh. uh, like other areas? Absolutely, and and definitely in the last couple of years. I mean, it is. It is uh, happening everywhere, you know, places that people used to feel safe. They don't feel safe. Uh, had members in my church who've had uh, carjacking mm. right over at Northtown, and that's real close to home. Yeah, right, <laughs> and, right. And it's no longer, you know, two or three cities away. It's, you know, creeping into every city. And, yeah, it's a, it's a major concern for people. So as uh, you know, as you're going out and about and talking to to folks, as you as you mentioned, this has a rely been a reliably DFL district. I mean, any you know any district which contains Spring Lake Park, Fridley, and Columbia Heights has been pretty reliably DFL. Uh, but I'm hearing more and more that suburban areas they may not necessarily be trending back to Republicans, but at least for an election cycle, saying, "Hey, what we've done for the past decade, or maybe in this case, a couple of decades, really hasn't worked. Let's maybe look elsewhere." Um, any of that sentiment resonating at all, Pam Wolf? Oh, absolutely. Um, I have been incredibly surprised at the doors. I really did not know what to expect in this area. Um, Columbia Heights, parts of Columbia Heights tend to be just an extension of Minneapolis. And yeah. So it was a little nervous. Um, and, and people, you know, either they're just being Minnesota nice or we really are <laughs> making a change. Um, people are not, um, they don't, they aren't saying, you know, you, you tell them you're Republican and they, you know, slam the door in your face. It's okay. Well, let's talk. You know, what do you think about this and this? And they're listening. They're listening. And, and, uh, it's, it's been a real, um, interesting thing that, that I think we are on target with what is resonating with the population and not what we're seeing on TV commercials because they are way off on what people are actually saying, what they really care about. Yeah, so you're you're telling me that uh, the first and foremost issue, foremost issues aren't climate change and Roe v. Wade, that sort of thing. I've been reliably informed Correct. by some of these commercials, Pam Wolf. That's Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, the abortion issue, I was, you know, ready to confront that one. And I think at the door, not a single person that has been their, their first issue that they want to talk about. I've had a few emails from people. Sure. And ironically, they have been from men. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, and, and we're seeing a lot of these uh, commercials, particularly about the abortion issue, where there, to your point, there are a lot of men uh, starring in these because you know they have their concern for the young daughter. And look, I'm not diminishing anybody's concerns, but uh, it, it's frustrating to me how it, they, you know, I think they 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 don't they're way underestimating voters in that 
voters are keenly aware of how this issue is in that it was decided by the Minnesota Supreme Court in the 90s that it is a constitutionally protected right. Nothing that in the legislature, the governor can do regarding that issue. And yet, still disturbing to me, Pam Wolf, that they seem to still be touting it as, we'll never overturn abortion on our watch. I mean, not exactly going out on a limb there. Well, they play to the ignorance of the average person who doesn't pay attention to politics. Yeah. They assume that if they say, oh, you, you have to do this to protect it, that most people don't know there's nothing that's going to happen. And so they keep touting the, you know, if you vote for this person, oh, it's going to be, you know, 10-year-olds going to jail and that's not the case and they because they're playing to the ignorance of of what the average person understands about how politics works. Yeah, and and I'm finding that they're way underestimating the folks as well. So I I think that's going to it's going to backfire them, but I understand to a certain extent. I mean, you certainly the the party that has been in control in St. Paul for many many years, you certainly can't tout the record on crime or the economy or or education. So uh, along those lines when you're talking about economic issues. I mean, a lot of the cities that I just named, these are a lot of middle-class people who can't necessarily afford dramatically increased prices on their everyday uh, goods and services. So, I mean, it sounds cliche, people making a choice between filling up their gas tank or getting a few extra uh, items at the grocery store, but are you finding that that's a legitimate concern? Well, yeah, absolutely. The independence that they rely on to vote Democrat are being hit at the pump. They are being hit at the grocery store. And they can't keep saying it's rich people, rich people, rich people that are, you know, that right. are benefiting and we're doing that. Everyone is being hit. There is no one that is not, you know, no matter how much you protect people, you can, you know, do welfare, whatever, but you still have to take those food stamps to the grocery store and they don't go as far. Right. So no matter what, everybody is being hit by the policies that currently exist. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. And I think uh, we talk about this, you know, parent, you know, adults, particularly adults with young kids, you know, they may have a you know, a voting stance. You know, they may, may vote for the same party every single time. However, um, the one thing that will transcend party loyalty is when their kids are messed with, particularly the things that are being taught in school. Now, Pam, you come from an educational background. Certainly you're as well versed in this issue as anybody. I mean, uh, does that, I would, I would imagine as you're talking to parents about educational issues, your background carries a lot more credibility? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I confuse a lot of people at the door. Yeah. <laughs> they, in a, a good way, of, I imagine, In yeah. a good way. I think they, <laughs> they, they're confused because I'm in education. Uh, I'm a woman and I'm a conservative and they listen. I actually had uh, run into a couple women at a, at a restaurant and they, when they met me, they said, you know, oh, well, you're a Democrat, right? And I said, no, I'm a Republican. What? You're a Republican? How are you a Republican? And I talked to them for a while, and then they go, oh, well, you're a good Republican. Yeah. And so it's just the pers- – There's a few of us out yeah, there, right? I yeah. <laughs> it is. And, but, every yes, everybody is concerned about their children's education. Every kid was affected and, you know, basically, on average, two years behind in their education. And to no fault – well, uh, you know, with parents, it was they were in a tough situation. You took away kids going into the schools, and you had some parents who just didn't know what to do. You know, they don't ha- didn't know how to deal with educating the kids, and you had some parents that were in a tough spot because they were working from home, and they were trying to juggle how to continue their jobs and right. also yeah. be available to pay attention and and help their kids. And so, a lot of kids have really suffered, as we can see in test scores. And, you know, confidence levels of kids and, and where everything is at, where, you know, we need to focus on the academics and not all the other social stuff that's going on. They really, really need to be focused on the academics right now. Yeah. And I, and I think, uh, you know, as we've talked about with our guests prior to this segment is I think the one silver lining of the pandemic is parents were getting to see firsthand what their kids were being taught. I mean, I get it. You know, there are some very judicious parents who look over the kids' homework, assist them, and they they had some semblance of idea, but until they actually heard it (laughs) being taught by the teacher, that that definitely had to be an eye-opener. So along those same lines, you know, another thing that really bothers me about about a lot of these advertisements that are out there, um, you know, like the governor's race, for instance, they they take a soundbite from uh, the gubernatorial candidate, Scott Jensen. 
about how he calls uh, public education a black hole and he's looking to to, uh, to slash funding to it. And they never provide the full context. It's like, well, number one, where do you think that money comes from? And secondly, it's not like it's going to be less money. It's like that money is going to follow the student if the student wants to, enroll, say, enroll in a different school, different district. So along those lines, Pam Wolf, have you and, say, some of your Republican colleagues, or do you yourself have any ideas for you know some sort of school choice program similar to what's gone on in Arizona? Absolutely agree with school choice. Yeah. You know, kids are guaranteed an education. It doesn't have to be in one particular school. It, it, I don't think it was intended to be a monopoly on, you know, public education. And I think parents should have that ability to put their kids in a school or school setting that best fits the needs of their children. And bottom line is the, the public education is not concerned about the welfare of the kid. They're concerned about how it's going to affect the dollars that come into them. And along that lines, you, you know, walls and, and, DFL all over the place talk about fully funding, fully funding, fully funding. Yet we can never get a definition of what that means. Isn't that means. amazing? Yeah. Uh-huh. When I was in before, I actually ha- had seven school districts in my district. And I went to every superintendent and I said, how much money do you need? How much money do you need to do this, this, and this? Give me a number. Not a single one of them could give me a number. And so you keep asking for money. I said, if I give you a blank check, what are we going to write on it? And no one could ever give me an answer. So I'm not real sure. We still don't know what fully funding means. And fully fund the academics, yeah. Well, does that also mean all the other things that go along with it? And and uh, I, pu- private schools do it. They figure out what they need yeah, to do right. this, this, and this, and then they charge. So the public schools should be able to come up with some number. If they want to be fully funded, what does that mean? What are you going to ask the legislature to give you other than – a blank check, apparently, because they don't have a number. Once again, we are joined in studio by Pam Wolf. She running for Minnesota State Senate as a Republican in the new Senate District 39, which comprises of Spring Lake Park, Fridley, Columbia Heights, uh, New Brighton, and St. Anthony. Uh, Pam, we only have about a, a couple of minutes remaining. Uh, why don't you give your final campaign pitch and where people can find out more about your campaign uh, via your website? Uh, my website is real simple, pamwolf.org. Uh, if you want to contact me, it's pam at pamwolf.org uh, via email. Um, we have run a very unique campaign, uh, not much like others. We have uh, limited funds, and we've been real creative on how we get our name out there and, and how we're connecting with people. And the impression is that we're everywhere, which is fantastic. Yes. If that's the perception they have. My opponent has not been out at all, but... Good news is they are now. Mm-hmm. They have been out door knocking. They did not do a thing all summer. They did, haven't spent money, and they have been knocking on doors. And they've been knocking on doors in Columbia Heights, which should be a freebie for them. At least yeah, that's what wow. they thought. Okay. So they're knocking on doors. So they're they're staying busy. And so there's something going on out there that um, that they are, you know, feeling the wave that the red wave is coming. And and if they're out there trying to prevent it. Yeah, and one thing we always talk about, folks, is, you know, these districts, and, and Pam even conceded, you know, if she gets over 40%, uh, that would be an incredible showing. And that that is the point. If you can drive up Republican turnout in these first-ring suburban districts, that is going to go a long way for our statewide candidates, no doubt about it. So this isn't nothing, that is for sure. So uh, once again, Pam Wolf, you can check out our website, pamwolf.org. I've also linked to it at bradcarlson.org on the post promoting today's broadcast. And again, whatever uh, uh, Pam needs in the last uh, couple of days, feel free to reach out to her at her website and uh, uh, help reach whatever goal or exceed whatever goal she may have for this uh, particular campaign. Pam Wolf, an honor to be joined by you in studio today. Thank you so much. Best of luck going forward. We're reporting over results, like I said, on Tuesday on our election night broadcast. And uh, we'll be definitely uh, keeping an eye on your race. We appreciate the time today. Thank you so much. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast in mere moments. Go nowhere. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Your children and grandchildren are inheriting a world that's more upside down than ever before. They'll need extraordinary skills to make a positive impact. 
A Christian education will give them the solid foundation they need to not only endure, but thrive. And that education is available for half off their first year through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. To see our full list of participating schools and to see if the half-off tuitions program is a good fit for your family, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. It's not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marianne Koharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Local Business Owner, do you get calls from multiple digital marketing firms trying to sell you the quick fix to your marketing challenges? Maybe you've bought the latest tactic that some hotshot sold you and you're wondering where your results are. The problem is you know you need to market your business, but trusting a partner, well, that's been a challenge. Our solution for many local business owners is through our digital marketing solutions, Salem Surround. Salem Surround is unique because we're based on the same guiding principles that Salem Media is. We actually care about our clients and we're accountable to our results. The same care that we deliver our radio content to you is the same we do with all our digital marketing services. So reach out to us at SalemSurround.com today and we'll consult with you about your individual needs and create a customized plan to actually do what you need your investment to do. That's SalemSurround.com, a full-service digital marketing solution for your business. Wake up with the Patriots Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint. Sign up at am1280thepatriot.com by using the keyword subscribe. That's subscribe at am1280thepatriot.com. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for comments or questions. And feel free to check us out on our live stream on our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page and leave a comment or question there if you so desire. Uh, wow, candidate blitz. That's always a lot of fun hearing from the candidates because uh, they got the uh, proverbial smoke battle on them because they've been out door knocking and, you know, and, and engaging voters. And uh, now that it's uh, a mere 48 hours, well, the polls open in less than 48 hours. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, definitely crunch time. So we appreciate them taking times out of what are insanely busy schedules. Uh, I tell you, these legislative candidates, the work they put in. Unbelievable, and kudos to them, that is for sure. Well, I do want to get to a a few other topics. Uh, I noticed a piece that was being touted on Minnesota Public Radio's uh, Twitter feed the other day. They're tightening up those narratives. I mean, when you have Democrats actively campaigning on two main issues, uh, abortion and January 6th, you know that they're desperately trying to make you care about issues that people... I'm not saying that people don't care about those things, but they're not priorities. I mean, this isn't difficult. When you are legitimately struggling to fill up your gas tank and buy groceries and you have to choose which to scale back on, that's a problem. And that's what going to be first and foremost on families' minds. And this idea that the president and his former boss, Barack Obama, are out there saying, well, you know, kitchen table people are always worried about kitchen table issues, but uh, democracy is kind of important too. 
you know, the, the insinuation is, you know, we have to vote all Democrat everywhere, anywhere and everywhere to preserve uh, democracy. I, I mean, what? And I bring this up because this headline caught my eye from Minnesota Public Radio's website, nprnews.org. Nearly one in four Minnesota GOP legislative candidates questioned the 2020 election. This is from Dana Ferguson at NPR. Nearly one in four Republicans running for the Minnesota legislature this year have rejected or questioned the outcome of the 2020 election, according to an NPR news analysis. The GOP candidates could uh, could determine which party controls the Minnesota House and Senate next year, and they could have a strong role in crafting election law in Minnesota. NPR News combed through candidates' public comments and actions, social media posts, campaign websites, and legislative track records to determine how many questioned the integrity of the 2020 election in Minnesota and elsewhere. Despite evidence the election was sound and allegations of extensive fraud were unfounded. The review found out of 183 Republicans currently running for the legislature, 43, which is 20 running for Senate and 23 running for House, have rejected or questioned President Joe Biden's victory in 2020. Well, look, I have said on this these very airwaves, much to the dismay of some of my listeners, you know who you are, that I do not believe there was widespread fraud. Was there irregularities? Absolutely. Was there some legitimate questions about how it was being handled, like, for instance, hey, we're going to go home, stop counting for the night, and then counts started back up. Yeah, that's a problem. You know, particularly Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, they had, you know, absentee ballots come in, and there were absentee ballots, particularly coming into a jurisdiction in Philadelphia, that were spoiled for whatever reason. Well, the officials in Philadelphia said, you know what? we're kind of going to invoke a pandemic exception and send these ballots back and tell these people, hey, here's what's wrong with your ballot. You need to correct this and then send it back. Whereas people in more rural or suburban counties in Pennsylvania, which typically run vote Republican, they followed the letter of the law. So there was an unequal application of the law in Pennsylvania. So why is that? out of bounds questioning something like that. And guess what? Some states like Florida and Texas, and particularly Georgia, they address this through the legislative process. Remember Georgia when they passed their uh, voter reforms bill? You had the president saying, well, this is Jim Eagle. You talk about Jim Crow before. Well, this is Jim Eagle, this legislation. You know, basically saying it was a voter suppression bill, even though turnout in the primaries was multiple times higher than the 2018 primaries, and early voting has far outpaced early voting in 2018. Well, wait a minute. If that's voter suppression, how are you getting multiple times more voters voting in 2022 than you were in 2018? That doesn't make sense to me. And then you get Democrats mealy-mouthing, well, 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 both things can be true, high turnout and voter suppression. Really? To what degree? Why aren't we hearing more about it? That's why Stacey Abrams is going to lose huge on Tuesday in her bid to oust incumbent Governor Brian Kemp. But I bring all this up to also say, and I I don't want to sound like I'm playing whataboutism, but yeah, uh, questioning uh, election results when there is no evidence of what you're suggesting. Where was that standard in 2016? And 2004? And 2000? I mean, 2016 was not, not not that long ago, six years. Donald Trump was installed by the Russians. You remember that one? He's a Russian asset, Russian interference. You even had some of them saying uh, the Russians, they hacked into our voting machines and changed the voter voter tallies, the vote totals. But the media dutifully went along and printed those allegations. They didn't question them. They didn't say there's no evidence of it. They just dutifully went along and printed them. They were a transcript service back in 2016. So if questioning election results 
is a disqualifier, well then, where were these think pieces back in 2016? Well, we know the answer to this. It's because they did not like Donald Trump. And so, therefore, they were willing to do anything they could to undermine his presidency and declare his presidency illegitimate. And they did it for more than two years before the Mueller report finally came out in 2019. Said, yeah, you know what? There was no evidence that Trump colluded with Russia. Did he, did he have issues? Of course. But the idea that he stole the election with the help of Russians, no evidence of that. And yet you still have people like Hillary Clinton touting that to this day. Where is the same standard applied? There isn't. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. I grew up in Gary, Indiana, one of the poorest cities in the nation. My parents decided to move to Minnesota to find better opportunities, and Minnesota was able to provide them. I want everyone in the state of Minnesota to have the same opportunities we were given. And that's why I'm running for Minnesota State Senate. My name is Jim Bean III. I am a father, I am a husband, I am a community member, and I am an advocate and voice for everyday Minnesotans. Prepared and paid for by the committee to elect Jim Bean III. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single, and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about 100% drug-free Relief Factor. I've been taking Relief Factor for years now to help me deal with pain in my body. My wife takes it as well. The reason we tell everyone uh, we know about it is simple. We found it really works to help our bodies fight off the inflammation that causes aches and pains. Whether it's the pain of injuries you've sustained or just the natural pains from the mileage over the years, Relief Factor can help. I've never looked back. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. Pick it up or take it out, rackshacktogo.com or rackshackdelivery.com. It's so easy. Hey, you've been working hard. Half the staff is gone and your crew needs a lift. Go to rackshacktogo.com for pickup or rackshackdelivery.com and we'll bring it out to you. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson. Woke up this morning feeling fine. You bet I did. I had an extra hour of sleep, by golly. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. Feel free to weigh in on our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where we have our live stream up and running. Thanks to again to Wild Wilson and Gary from War Road. As always, these uh, gents check in on a regular basis, so we appreciate it. Uh, I don't have a whole lot more uh, to say on that NPR piece. You know, the, you know, the pearl clutching over one in four Minnesota Republican legislative candidates question the 2020 election, but... You know, I'm a 
large, uh, pretty significant consumer of politics and political news and whatnot. I don't remember these same pieces uh, being touted, particularly in 2016. I mean, you, I, I posted on our Narn Show uh, Twitter feed, and if, you know, follow us at Narn Show, you know, the official Twitter feed of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. I posted something last evening because I was talking to the, I was talking about this with my wife because we keep seeing about these January sixth uh, advertisements against Republican candidates, and it's like I remember vividly in the aftermath of Trump's election. Uh, well, electors are cast in December. When the electors were cast in December of 2016, particularly in Wisconsin, the electors met at the Wisconsin State Capitol in Madison, belly of the beast, far left progressive part of the state, obviously. And you had all of these frothing at the mouth progs packing the room for what is typically a ceremonial gesture where the electors cast their electoral votes based on how the state voted. Trump won Wisconsin in 2016. So the 10 electors went along and dutifully cast the electoral votes for Trump. And as they did this, people flipped out, screaming, shame, you don't care about democracy, you hate your country, shame, shame, shame. Now, I get it. It's not on par with what happened on January 6, 2021. Not even insinuating that. Okay? But if these people are showing up in this room For what is normally just a formality, i.e. casting electoral college votes, don't you think those electors might feel a little intimidated? And how about those celebrities that were doing these PSAs? You know, you electors, you can make a conscientious decision to not cast the elector for, uh, for your state if Donald Trump won your state. There's very good reason for you to not cast it for Donald Trump. Here it is. I mean, they were... They were ludicrously citing the 25th Amendment in some cases. You can do this. You know, we're not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. How is that not trying to interfere with the process? And again, not putting it on par with January 6th. What happened there was despicable. Can never happen again. And that's why Trump can never See the White House again. And I'm not saying that Trump orchestrated this insurrection. I'm not saying that he was the mastermind behind it. Not saying that at all. But his flippant attitude about it while it was taking place, while he was, I was done with him the night before after the two Republican senators out of Georgia, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, lost their runoffs because Trump sowed distrust in the election uh, process in Georgia. And it cost the Republicans the majority in the Senate. Trump did that. So I he I was done with him January 5th and then January 6th uh you know just furthered that sentiment. So uh, but that having been said Trump was hamstrung for more than 2 years on allegations he stole the election with help with the help from the Russians and that turned out to be emphatically false. Was he a flawed president? Was he a flawed personality? Yeah, absolutely he was. Did he do some good things? I've acknowledged his policy successes on this show. Absolutely. But his instability and handling this country in crisis, i.e. the COVID pandemic, uh, he, he can't be in the White House again. And again, you throw all of that aside. The fact is, Election Day 2024, he'll be 78 years old. If Joe Biden is too old at 78, then fair is fair. Donald Trump's too old. And plus, he'll only be able to serve one term. And if we're going to come out of the mess we're going to come out of in 2024, we need a president that can serve two terms, a Republican president. I don't know who that might be. So uh, all I'm saying is, you know, I don't want to play this this whataboutism game because I fully acknowledge that what happened in the aftermath of the 2020 election was despicable. And the fever swamp of baseless allegations. I've acknowledged all that, not excusing what happened on on January 6th. There are some people that need to go to jail for that, and I could go down a whole other rabbit hole about that, about how people are being held without being charged with anything. So much for due process, so much for innocent until proven guilty. You know? Or attorneys who would give these people their God-given right of defense 
you know, legal defense, innocent until proven guilty. Some of these attorneys don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole for fear that they're being ostracized because a lot of these progs saying that January 6th was a greater threat to our country and our democracy than 9-11. I mean, when you get hyperbole like that, why would anybody want to go near something like that? It's despicable. So what happened on January 6th was unforgivable, was despicable. But I'm telling you, there are some reactions to what happened on January 6th that are starting to exceed that. Again, I'm going in a bunch of different uh, different areas here. But my point is, I do not take your pearl clutching over questioning election results seriously if you dutifully reported the kooky conspiracy theories that were going on with 2016 and didn't offer any critical thinking like you're offering with 2020. I do not take you seriously, and you don't deserve to be taken seriously, is my entire point here. So, uh, again, what these candidates, Republican candidates, are all finding out is they're talking to their neighbors, knocking on doors, the economy, education, public safety, those are the top three Uh, issues on the minds of voters and telling them that they don't care about democracy in the state of democracy because they're worried about buying groceries and filling up their gas tank. Probably not a way to ingratiate them toward to your side. I'm just throwing that out there. I'll tell you what, King Siglier, I'm going to take an early break here so I have more time for the final segment. Uh, When we come back, yeah, I'm going to talk about Donald Trump uh, speaking at the rally in Pennsylvania last evening on behalf of Well, he was supposed to speak on behalf of U.S. Senate candidate Dr. Oz, but as Trump is being Trump, was kind of puffing himself up. 651-289-4488, that is the number to call. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. This is Senator Eric Pratt. As chair of the Senate Jobs and Economic Growth Committee, my goal is to ensure the economic well-being of individuals and the entire state. Republicans want you to prosper and keep more of your hard-earned money. We know small businesses and families are better stewards of their finances than the government. Less regulation and lower taxes are keys to greater prosperity for our state. Vote Republican this election and keep Minnesota a great place to raise a family. Prepared and paid for by Eric Pratt for Minnesota. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can Reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-457-9220. That's 800-457-9220. We need your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Kuharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy health. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Pro-Life Across America. 
TheFishTwinCities.com is streaming your favorite contemporary Christian artists like Matthew West, Toby Mack, For King and Country, and many more. Stream along at TheFishTwinCities.com, download the free app, or listen on your Amazon smart speaker. Hey, welcome back. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so much for tuning in. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show for comments or questions. And as always, we thank you for tuning in. Okay, so I alluded to the fact Donald Trump did a rally last night. It was supposed to be for his hand-picked U.S. Senate candidate out of Pennsylvania, Dr. Mehmet Oz, but Trump being Trump always makes it about himself. Cut number one, Consigliere. Trump at 71, Ron DeSanctimonious at 10%, Mike Pence at 7. Oh, Mike's doing better than I thought. Did you catch that? He's reading off apparently a 2024 poll. I don't know what poll this is. A poll of rally goers that are coming to see him at his rally? Because if he only got 71% at a rally where people were coming to see him, that seems kind of low, doesn't it? So I don't know what poll it is. He always cited these polls, and I never knew what the source was. Like, throughout his presidency, it seemed like every week when he was on Twitter, he'd be like, I have 96% approval rating from Republicans. Thank you. From where? Where is this number coming from? It was always 96%. But what I wanted to focus upon there is, in a poll for Republican contenders, he called Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSanctimonious. Governor Ron DeSantis, probably the most popular Republican governor in the country, who is running for re-election, is up for re-election in two days, is in the same political party as Trump, yet Trump can't help but focus on a potential 2024 matchup instead of focusing on, oh, I don't know, an election coming up in 48 hours? And you even had some of Trump's hardcore supporters take to Twitter and say, you know what, that he didn't need to do that. The, the only ones who would applaud that are the... Basically, the ring kissers, the barking, clapping seals in the Trump contingent that anything he says, they bark and clap in hopes that he throws them a morsel of food. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. We can talk about 2024 after Tuesday. Heck, you can talk about it Wednesday morning for all I care. Why are you talking about it now? You see this this kind of this is how this is how Trump won 2016. He just ramrodded over everybody because all of his GOP opponents, the vast majority of them, I think Carly Fiorina and Dr. Ben Carson were the only exceptions, served in government in some capacity. So they were just written off as the establishment. Well, that's the establishment. We've got to drain the swamp, drain the swamp. And Trump could do that and he could puff out his chest and say, "Hey, here's what I'm going to do when I become president." Because he didn't have a record to run on. So he could say all these things where these other candidates had a record to run on. Well, Ron DeSantis has a record to run on, and he's been successful. And you know what? Some of the factions are already starting to show themselves. Uh, Congressman Chip Roy, he's a, a House member out of the state of Texas. He said, you know what you know, you know what else you could call Ron DeSantis? Ron D. said no to Fauci. Unlike Donald Trump. Donald Trump followed dutifully along with Anthony Fauci's recommendation that he keep the country shut down. See, Ron DeSantis, Trump's response is there was a, a, a piece that came out where there was an anonymous source that said DeSantis referred to Trump as a moron behind closed doors. An anonymous source. So we don't know if it's true or not, but someone anonymously is saying it. And so they bring it back to Trump, and of course Trump just assumes it's true and then starts taking shots at DeSantis. But the fact is, Ron DeSantis has a record that he would be able to pardon the pun, Trump Trump, where he said, no, Dr. Fauci, we're not closing down the state of Florida. We're remaining open. We're remaining prudent about protecting our most vulnerable. Because guess which state of the union has probably the largest elderly population, the state of Florida. 
So Ron DeSantis, very early on, decided that, look, if there were patients in these nursing homes that had COVID, they're our most vulnerable. We're not sending them back to the nursing home after they get treated. Okay, we're going to go through very strict protocols before we send them come back to come back, but we aren't following the normal protocols where they're going back within two weeks after getting the virus. Not happening. And as a result, Florida kept its death rate relatively low and its overall raw numbers relatively low. Now, because it's a, one of the largest states in the Union and heavily densely populated, yeah, it was a virus. It was still going to take people out, but they protected the most vulnerable. And Governor DeSantis handled it the way they should. Here are the recommendations for the Department of Health. Here's what we recommend you should do. You should shelter in place. And if you don't shelter in place, be sure to wear a mask wherever you go. And Governor DeSantis, he's never said he was pro or or anti-vaccine, but when the vaccines became available, he set up very efficient distribution centers in order for people who wanted to get a vaccine to get a vaccine. Okay? And the one thing that's going to run afoul of some Trump supporters is Trump very much is pro-vaccine. And DeSantis is going to say, well, that's great. I got the, I got vaccinated, so did the first lady, but I left it up as a choice for people. And guess what? People made the decision, and those who didn't want to get it didn't want to get it. That was their personal choice, whereas Trump almost seemed heavy-handed about it. So Trump can't do his 2016 approach with 2024 if he decides to run because he has a record to run on, and DeSantis could take advantage of that. And there is there is a there is already a template to be successful without Trump without having to kiss Trump's ring. Look at Brian Kemp. He's going to be reelected as governor in Georgia, despite the fact very early on in the pandemic, he reopened his state. He was one Georgia was one of the first states to reopen. And people were very skeptical. You even had some think piece, I think it was in the Atlantic, saying that Brian Kemp was doing an experiment in human sacrifice by opening his state. Donald Trump even called him out on it specifically. But guess what? Georgia not only did not have an out-of-control death rate, bodies weren't piling up like cords of wood. Georgia did not suffer economically like other states like New York and California that had stringent lockdowns. And when Brian Kemp did not say Georgia was stolen from Trump in 2020 and did not kowtow to Trump saying, hey, you need to do this, that, this clown and... Georgia. He didn't kowtow to Trump. And Trump even said, well, Stacey Abrams, you might even be a better governor than, than Brian Kemp. Kind of a quasi-endorsement of Stacey Abrams. And guess what? Brian Kemp is going to coast to re-election without ever having engaged Trump in any of this stuff. Ron DeSantis, the same thing. He's going to coast to re-election without having engaged Trump when Trump has been... Trump hasn't been as hard on DeSantis as he has been on Kemp, but now you can start to see the long knives come out for Ron DeSantis. So this is just shows you, and this isn't revelation to a lot of us. This certainly isn't a revelation to me, and it might, might be a revelation to some of you pro, you strident pro-Trumpers. You're going to go down with the Trump ship. So I'm going to cue you in on a little something. Donald Trump is not the least bit interested in making America great or helping make America great unless he gets the credit. Going to give you a few moments to let that soak in. Donald Trump is not the least bit interested in helping Republicans. How many of his handpicked Senate candidates do we have to drag across the finish line? Whereas, had we nominated more sensible Republicans that were running in primaries in, say, Arizona and New Hampshire and Georgia and Pennsylvania, there would be no doubt that the Republicans would be winning the Senate. They're going to take the House, but the Senate is still a toss-up. It shouldn't be a toss-up. The only reason it's a toss-up is because you have these very flawed pro-Trump candidates in Arizona, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in New Hampshire. And if the Republicans go down the ship with the ship, it's the Republicans' fault. It's the National Republican Senatorial Committee's fault in the eyes of Trump. But yet Trump for his handpick, all these handpicked candidates that got the nomination in these states that I just named, he's not spending hardly any money out of his Save America PAC. Whereas the National Republican Senatorial Committee has stepped up to the plate and started funding these flawed candidates to help drag them across the finish line. 
And don't think for one millisecond that if the Republicans get the majority in the Senate, that Trump won't take full credit. He absolutely will. And how about in Colorado? Joe O'Day is a Republican candidate in Colorado. He's an anti-Trump Republican. He's just running on his own. He's he's listening to people in Colorado. What a wild concept, listening to constituents in in your own state and focusing on their concerns, as opposed to what Trump may or may not think. But Trump wouldn't endorse him. In fact, Trump hopes he loses. He hopes the Republican in Colorado loses. We could very well need that seat. What if it comes down to just one seat? What if it comes down to a 50-50 split again in the Senate? And if we could have just flipped one more seat, we could have had the majority, we as being Republicans, even though I'm technically not a Republican. Trump prefers that Michael Bennett, the incumbent Democrat senator out of Colorado, wins over a Republican that does not kiss his ring. If you think for one millisecond that Trump is interested in making this country great, think again. He's only interested in making it great as long as his ego gets stroked. As long as people do performative leg humping. And that's why he should not run in 2024. Number one, throw aside everything I just named. His Hubble telescope size ego. His flippant attitude about January 6th. His costing the Republicans the majority in the Senate because he sowed distrust in Georgia's electoral process and therefore Republicans stayed home in the Georgia Senate runoffs, costing the Republicans the majority. Throw all that aside. He should not run in 2024 because even if he is the nominee, he will lose. And then you have another four years of someone in the motif of Joe Biden, who was elected based on three C's, competence, compassion, and credibility. He's frittered all three of those away. This is a golden opportunity for a Republican to win against whomever they put up, the Democrats put up, because they're throwing Joe Biden under the bus now that they're going to lose control of Congress. This is a golden opportunity. But if Donald Trump's the candidate, we'll lose, and we'll get another four years of a Democrat president. There could be a silver lining. If a Democrat president is elected in 2024, which will be the case if Trump runs as the Republican... If Republicans can somehow just hang on to one chamber of Congress, then come 2028, then Ron DeSantis could step in and save the day. Because I'm hoping Ron DeSantis will serve his full term after he's reelected on Tuesday. So, folks, I've enjoyed it as always. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Closing time. Hello, I'm Karen Atia. I'm running to be the next senator for Rogers, Dayton, Champlin, Eastern Brooklyn Park, and a tip of Coon Rapids. After a long career as a critical care nurse and a successful small business owner, I am ready to take my passion of caring for people to the state Senate. I am committed to working on your behalf to address the hard issues that are impacting our lives every day. Threats to personal safety, increased cost of living, and high taxes are the top issues I'm hearing about over and over at the door. Over the past two years, these concerns have been intensifying. Change is needed. We deserve better. I am ready and I am capable of being part of that change. I respectfully ask for your vote. I am Karen Atia. Connect with me at www.atiaforsenate.com. Prepared and paid for by Atia for Senate. Warning, warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM 1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack Barbecue. Ooh, 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 yeah. 
I am Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex. Staff Keaton. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And of I'm proud to serve in the United and States. And I am Air Force. proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. AM 1280, the Patriot. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.